Welcome back. We are talking once again, million dollar careers. I've got my good friend, Rob Houghton with me from uh, Fairfax, Virginia. Rob back from, uh, from vacation. You're ready to get back into it. I'm ready, man. I just uh, battled a little bit of uh, sickness here the last couple of weeks, but I'm, I'm ready to go, man. Today's actually the first day that I felt a lot better. So. Happy Thanksgiving starting tomorrow. That's right. It's tomorrow. I forgot all about it, man. Football. I know it's a full work day. It's a full work day. Most people are taking half a day off. I'm looking at my calendar. I'm like, man, I'm, st- I'm stuck here on five o'clock today. I'm stuck till five. And then I'm looking at my calendar, man. I'm booked up until one o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to be, I'll probably be doing some stuff at the computer tomorrow too. So we'll see. I don't know. You can sleep when you're dead. Absolutely, man. I tell you what, I love work, man. I love work, man. Love work, man. It has its moments. I mean, yeah, look, you love, you love accomplishing things. Especially on holidays, you know, this holiday weekend is second only to Christmas weekend because I can come into my office and just work, un, undisturbed, working, knowing that my competition is goofing off with their family. Is sleeping. They're asleep, they're celebrating, they're eating food, watching football. I'm in my office just working, man. Getting yep. ahead. So this gives me four days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, to just work undisturbed, in my office. Uh, I got, I got, I, I got kid stuff. I, yeah, I got, I got the kids are home from school. Yeah. Well, dogs need, got to take the dogs out and play with them. Yeah. They, yeah. We're going to do some stuff. we got some cool stuff happening. So there'll be a little bit of work, but there'll be a lot of play. It'll be a great weekend and, and it's all good. But so, Hey, look, let's, let's take that theme a little further. Yeah. Let's talk about. So work. let's talk about Elon Musk oh, yeah. and Twitter. And the message that he's sending out to his, I don't know, birdies. What are they? What are the employees at Twitter called? Birdies or I don't know, whatever. But yeah, you, know, you talk about you talk about a polarizing conversation, and it could go two ways. You know, look, he came. You know, Elon came in, and he said, you know, either you're in or out. Let me know. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what the culture was at Twitter. I don't know what, you know, what, how hard people were working. I've seen some stuff that made me think not real hard. They were more focused on the cappuccinos and the massage rooms than they were getting, you know, making money. But then I look at it and I go, there's six things, you know, you know, there's six things that people want in their career, six things only challenge or, you know, we talked about this challenge or mission location, yeah. advancement in their career, money, people, and security. And I'm thinking if I'm Elon Musk, I probably would have come in and had a little bit of a different message. And I want to get your opinion on this. And the message is, I just put $44 billion of my own money into buying this company. $44 billion, you think about that. It's my money. We have a challenge ahead of us to make Twitter profitable, and we have the ability to make it something great. The location, look, you know, it's it, you know, we're going to come back to the office a little bit. We'll work from home a little bit. It's the best we're going to do. If you're successful with me in this mission, I will advance your career to heights you never thought possible. You know, I am, you know, I am the you know, biggest creator of shareholder value ever seen in the history of man. If you are successful in this mission with me, yeah, you know, and we could take that 44 billion 
and make it 50 billion, you all will be rich beyond your, your wildest dreams because I will share in the upside with you. We will build a great team. And because you're on a good team that just succeeded in something great and you made a lot of money doing it, you'll have more security in your life than you ever, than you ever thought possible. Are you with me or are you out? You know, and I wonder if he had that message. What would happen? What 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 would the 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 media be saying? What would people be saying about the Musk takeover of Twitter? Well, I mean, I, I think he's already sort of given that message. He's not the best communicator, you know. He has Aspergers and and you know he he's a savant, you know. What I mean, so he's not the best communicator in the world, but that is the implicit message, I think. And I'm expecting. 50% of the people to leave and 50% of the people to stay because it's become a political issue. All the woke crowd and, and that sort of, the, you know, and that 50% of the population is just going to leave the company on political grounds. You know, the other 50% are probably going to stay and they're probably motivated to create wealth. And uh, that's why Elon Musk is, uh, is necessary in a capitalist society because he's he's the John Galt, you know, of uh, Atlas Shrugged, that great book that was written in the 1920s. You know, he is the the one guy that can change things, and uh, he's after other people. He wants the 20 percenters that do 80 percent of the work. He's not interested in the other 80 yep. percent, and I think he's smart enough to know that as long as he has a that 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 20 percent of the core, he's going to do just fine. What do you think about people who want the, you know, I, I have my opinions and everybody is every, you know, it's, it, everybody has their own life. Some want work-life balance. Some want, you know, they just want to, you know, ride the pony as far as they, as, as far as they can and make as much money as they can and find as much success as they can. You know, and then you got entrepreneurs like you and I, you know, and, and, and you've got, your money invested in, and I was thinking about, you know, Bob Iger, you know, taking over, you know, Disney and Chapek getting fired. You think about Chapek's walking away with a $23 million. You know, he's a bad hire. I don't actually know if he's a bad hire or not. And, and we'll talk about that in a second. But Iger, obviously, you know, nobody at Disney thought he was the guy. And you think about a bad hire, you know, Disney can afford a $23 million package for a CEO they just fired. But if you're a small business person and you make a bad hire and somebody comes in and they want manana time, but they want the paycheck and the benefits to go with it, you know, they want the paycheck and the benefits, but the most they're willing to give you is manana time. That'll break a small business person. Of course. You know, two people will two people will bankrupt. Yeah, the worst mistake that a small businessman can make is a bad hiring mistake. Yeah. yeah. But you know, getting back to Musk, you know. He has the one thing that you and I have talked about that is the most important factor in companies hiring people and the most important factor in people being attracted to another company, and that's purpose. I mean, Elon Musk has a, has a purpose like no one else. He wants to you know, create a better world. He wants to, to uh, change things. I mean, they, the guy wants to go to space. He wants to build tunnels on the moon 
He's got the uh, Starlink, the, the internet that's supporting the Ukrainians right now. The guy is a mastermind. And if you, if you can't find purpose in what he's doing, then you're asleep. You know what I mean? So I agree. He's got something that most people are looking for. I just think he just needs the right people. And he probably needs a whole hell of a lot less people, too. He, he probably, if he's got 20,000 people, he probably needs 4,000 people because that's 20%. Yep. Yeah, and you wonder, I, I think about like, you know, we we keep going back to special missions in the military. And what I love about them is their 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 dialogue is very honest. We'll take 100 people into this class. 90 of you will not make it. And we're happy with the 10 that do. And and why is you know why is Navy you know look Hell Week and Navy SEAL training is is a week of torture. It's not training. It's torture. But why do you torture people like that? Because you know the battlefield is torture. I think this is what Musk is doing right now. I think this is his version. This is his sort of Twitter civilian version of Hell Week. He's going to start filtering out the wannabes, the pretenders, and the posers. It's like when my son was uh, going to become a Green Beret. He, he had just gone to airborne school, and uh, he, was on the, he was on the bus down at Fort Benning, getting ready to be driven up to Fort Bragg. And it was all the guys who had completed airborne school that wanted to try out for uh, Special Forces, SFAS, uh, Special Forces Assessment. So he, he gets on the bus and he notices all these guys that got the, the latest and greatest gym outfits. They're all gym rats. They get the duffel bag. They're in great shape. They're something out of like central casting, you know. Right. The, the crew cuts and, you know, he's and he's looking at these guys like, wow, yeah, these guys, I got to go up against these guys, you know. And my son's kind of a country guy. You know, he's just, he's just country strong, you know. On, on the way up there to Fort Bragg, my son says there were some instructors who were planted among some of the guys on the bus. And they were talking about how difficult this was and how a guy had died in training a few years earlier. And he could see a lot of the guys were getting discouraged. And by the time they got off the bus at Fort Bragg, the drill sergeant is there and he says, all right how many of you guys really are serious about doing this? And after mm -hmm. like five or six hours of hearing all these war stories on the bus, my son said it was amazing because it was like yeah. all the guys that were the gym rats ended up. They're gone. Ended up saying, you know, I don't think this is for me. And they were thinking that, well, if I, it, if I punch out of uh, special forces training, I'll get another airborne unit, like the 101st or the 82nd. Mm -hmm. But what happened is all those guys were sent to an obscure army base up in Alaska. And then they went through training. And I think there was 106 people that that initially were going through training. I think seven made it. It was all the guys that were country strong. There were none of these gym rats. It was all just like gritty people from the country. And yeah. And that, and that and that's why I like, you know, you know, when I when I do when I when I'm looking for somebody, when I'm looking for people, I'm looking for special qualities. You know, people who have grounded out in their life, you know, look at, at the end of the day, life is uncomfortable. 
And and I think the the, the truest statement in the world is, you know, you need to find comfort in being uncomfortable, because when you know, and and you know, when you're when you're uncomfortable, you're you're constantly looking out for the the unforeseen. You know, you're 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 saving a couple extra bucks because your car may break down. You're you're kicking and scratching a little bit harder than the next person because, you know, layoffs may be imminent and you want to make sure it's not you. Um, you know, you think about like, you know, in the world today, or you know, let's just talk about the country today. You know, you look at high school football. How many high school football players do you think there are? A million? Think a million kids out there play high school football? And of that million people, how many make it to D1 college rosters? Hundred and what is there? Hundred and twenty teams times a hundred people, so twelve thousand. Call twelve thousand people. And of those twelve thousand people, how many make it to the NFL? Two hundred and fifty get drafted. Of that two hundred and fifty that get drafted, maybe eighty are in the NFL three years after they get drafted. You know, it's 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 this monumental pyramid. And I think that yeah, it's the people who are kicking and cutting and scratching and going, I will. You know, success, I think success has the, you know, this is the one thing I think about Elon Musk is nobody's looking at the alternative to Twitter and saying, hey, if I grind this out for two years you know, or a year, what is my opportunity? What if I just enjoy the suck for two years? And you know, what's what what would happen? Yeah, to get to something good, you have to go through something bad. It's getting back to uh, special mission units, special operations training. You know, they always tell you, you got to embrace the uncomfortable. There's a little bit of stoicism in there, too. So, uh, well, you know, I, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, uh, there's a lady I placed once. I loved her story. And she grew up, she grew up poor, like really poor. I mean, on a, her parents were very proud and they wouldn't take money. You know, they were eligible for food stamps and things of the sort, but they wouldn't take it. They were really proud, hardworking people. And she earned a scholarship. And she earned a college scholarship and she became a military pilot. And now she leads, she's a good leader. She understands, look, I'm not going back there. You know, we, you know, we've been uncomfortable, but we're kicking and grinding and, and, uh, and moving up. But so that's kind of what I, yeah. But I was just thinking about like, Hey, you know, Elon's message. If, you know, if it had come out a little bit different, what would have happened at Twitter? If you're with me, I will make you rich. It's going to suck. For two years, we got a big mission ahead of us. But if you're with me, you will find a lot of success. I mean, you're smart enough to understand that if they stay with Elon, the payoff could be huge. You know? Do you think? I mean, I keep going back to this whole political thing. I think a lot of these people just left because it's sort of a crowd mentality. You know, you're working in a group of of 25 other woke people. Mm -hmm. everybody kind of heads for the door and you're like, I guess I'm going to head for the door or else I'm not going to be cool anymore. You know, do companies communicate, you know, it's with them, you know, the with them, what's in it for me. Do companies communicate well enough? What's in it for you as an employee? If you're just a factory, you know, you're a person on the factory, you're general motors, you're making you know, 25, 30 bucks an hour on the factory floor. Does GM communicate well enough? What's in it for you? Or should they? Yeah, you know, we talk about this all the time in terms of a purpose is important. But a company could have a great purpose. But if it's not communicated, 
on a consistent basis, top to bottom in the organization, there is no purpose. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I think with, I mean, a good example, I have a client called uh, Brown and Brown Insurance. Okay, Brown and Brown Insurance is a publicly traded insurance brokerage firm. They're the fourth largest in the world. They have an unbelievable message, mission, and purpose. And one of the things they do, Mr. Brown is still alive, okay? He's he, he's the guy that started this thing like 50 years ago. This okay. thing is, he visits a lot of the offices. If he gets in an elevator with an employee, he'll ask that employee, what's the mission of Brown and Brown? And everyone in, in, in that company knows what that mission is. It's like three sentences. And uh, it's it's pretty amazing because everybody that works there knows what the Brown and Brown mission and purpose is. And, you, you know, uh, they're a client because I used to try and recruit people from there. And it was very difficult because once people go into a company like that, they tend to stay for a long time because they buy into the culture. I think with Musk, he's my favorite guy. I love Elon Musk. But the issue with him is he has a difficult time really communicating his purpose. He's sort of a wild guy. He's got Asperger's, you know, which is a you know subset of autism. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think, you know, because of that, he's more or less a savant. He's not a He's not a yep. great communicator. You know what I mean? He's not a touchy-feely guy. Right. And if he could ever, if 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 he could ever, you know, acquire the skill of interpersonal communications and really talking to people at a layman's level, man, that mm-hmm. guy would be unbelievable. But he's just not capable because of the way his brain's built. So it's not really his fault. It, but it is what it is. He has he has the problem with him is he can't communicate, you know, mm-hmm. effectively. Yeah, no, I mean, I look at, you know, you know, other tough cultures, you know, Amazon has got a tough culture company I worked in. They didn't communicate it well enough. What was in it for what was in it? It was private equity, you know, private equity bought Gulfstream aircraft back in the 90s. It was a turnaround situation. And nobody really communicated to the employees what the mission was moving forward, that it was a turnaround and what was in it for them other than the ability to keep their job. And I don't think that's enough. You know, you know what time of year it is, right? This is the holiday season. What happens right. at the Christmas party, right? The Christmas party. The owner gets up right, the soapbox and tells everybody how great they are and you know how we're going to conquer the world in 2023. But at that point, who gives a shit, really? You know what I mean? Everybody's high on alcohol and everybody's partying and they, and they kind of listen to that with one ear. That guy should be, that guy should be doing that yep. in January. And then he should be doing it again in March and, and, and then in June and then in August. And then it should be, it, it should be re- reiterated in performance reviews. Yep. That's how you build a culture. There are companies that actually do that. I've got uh, two clients who actually do that on a, on, a, on a periodic and continuing consistent basis. They're communicating the mission, the purpose of the company. It's very powerful. Yeah. And I love that. It's, it is not an event. It is a, you know, it's not an event. It's a process. Exactly. It is a continuing process. Every day you continue, every day you show what is in it for the employees. And I'm all about, you know, really what's the mission of every company? It's shareholder value. If you're creating share, if you're doing, if you're creating shareholder value in the right way, 
that means you're taking care of your employees. It means you're taking care of your community. It means you're taking care of your customers. And you're running a good business that's working for everybody. You know, and 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 the stakeholder, the stakeholder thing to me doesn't work because that, that means every cat and dog, you know, gets a say in your business. And 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 the a good purpose, a good sample purpose. I'll just give you mine, okay? You know, it's you know building shareholder value so that we as an organization can create value in the community for our shareholders and our employees. That's like one sentence. What's my what's my purpose? I help people. I help people. I'm just here to help people. Yeah. Now I'm here to make some money. Look, I'm I'm you know, I'm a business. I'm not a charity. And this is something I have to remind, you know, the legal teams of some clients who send me back really stupid contracts. I'm not a charity. I'm a business. But if I do my job well. I love it when the CEOs of companies call me up and say, literally, I, I had a CEO of a company come up, call me up and he said, you changed my business. The people you put in my company have changed the trajectory of my business for the positive. I'm like, wow, I love that. I helped him. I made a little money. I helped a couple of people that I put into his business build their careers. As the opposite side of the same coin. So what really gets me fired up is when an individual that I place calls me up, mm-hmm. says, hey, man, I mean, I can't believe this company. I love this company. Thank you very much because you've changed my life. I had lunch with a guy in Richmond, Virginia yesterday, Tim Warsher. Tim leans over the table and looks at me and says, Rob, he says, he shakes my hand. He says, I can't thank you enough for placing me with this organization. I've been here four weeks and it's unbelievable, man. I love this company. I love the people. I've had one-on-ones with 14 my direct reports in the past three weeks. He goes, I can't thank you enough. And he gets up from the table and gives me a big hug. He says, family's happier. Enjoy the holidays. He, the guy during lunch thanked me like, I love it. Must have been a dozen times. Hey, thanks a lot again, Rob, for turning me on to this company. I, that's what really fires me up. You know? Yeah, but I'll give you the flip side of that nickel. I had a guy call me up and go, this place is really messed up. He's a leader. He's a leader in the company. I just placed him as a C-level leader in the company. And he goes, this place is really messed up. He goes, yak, 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 yak. And my answer back to him was, you're hired to fix it, right? And he's like, yeah. I go, so why are you bitching to me? Go fix it. Go fix it. You know, I don't care. Go fix it. You know, that's why they hired you because they know they're screwed up too. So go, you know, so anyway, hey, Rob, how do people get a hold of you? People can get a hold of me. I'm all over the internet, man. I just launched a uh, the first reality career coaching show in the history of YouTube, I believe. <laughs> uh, it's on my uh, LinkedIn page. It's on my website. It launched yesterday morning, the career coaching experience. Everybody should check that out. Um, I do blogs, podcasts. You see my website uh, or my email address, Rob at MR. Fairfax.com. But yeah, I'm all over the internet, man. If you're in the insurance business, give me a call. Uh, and and look at some of Rob's blogs. They're awesome. Whether you're in insurance business or or elsewhere, he writes good stuff. He puts good stuff up there. It's, uh, it's, it's really informative for everybody. So cool. Hey, thanks for coming on. All right, Craig. I'll talk to you. We'll talk soon. See you, buddy. 
I hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Aerospace Executive Podcast. You can reach out to me directly, Craig at NorthStarESG.com, or check us out at www.NorthStarESG.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or on YouTube. Just do a search for Aerospace Executive Podcast. Thanks again. I'm Craig Pippen.